Hello, hello. Welcome to the Strategy of Finance podcast, where we celebrate the profession and the professionals in the world of finance. These unsung heroes mostly remain away from limelight, but contribute tremendously towards company building. We endeavor to unpack their journeys to understand what moves them, get inspired by their triumphs, learn from their experiences, and most of all, connect with them at a personal level. I'm your host, Rohit Agarwal, and besides this podcast, my full-time duties include building Creo, the unified operating system for corporate spend. We are bringing together the whole journey of spend so you can buy, pay, and manage all your corporate spends from one single platform. Do check us out at www.krayo.io. Without further ado, let's tune in to learn, grow, and inspire. Our special guest for the show today is Jay Sahel, the CFO of Yellow.ai. Jay is a chartered accountant and company secretary by qualification and joined Yellow in December 2020 after honing his craft for over 20 years in multiple large companies, including the information technology giant Wipro. Yellow provides an NLP platform that allows enterprises to build chat and voice bots in over 100 languages to automate customer support and conversational commerce. It has raised over 100 million in funding, has over 1,000 employees across offices in six countries, and serves over 1,000 enterprise customers. It was certainly quite strategic on part of Yellow.ai founders and investors to bring in a seasoned CFO relatively early in the journey. Hi, Jay. Welcome to the show. Thanks for making the time and glad to, Hi, to have you Thank here. Thank you. Uh, honored to be here uh, talking to you on some interesting topics. Perfect. So let's uh, dive, dive in straight with a little bit of background on you. So tell me, how did you make your way into this amazing world of finance and became the CFO of Yellow.ai? Yeah, so interesting. Uh, born and brought up in Calcutta. And uh, and when, I was, when we were in uh, eight or nine class, you have to select a topic, uh, elective uh, subject. It can be math, it can be accounting, it can be bio, etc. and all. And uh, for some reason, I selected accounting to be an uh, additional subject. And there it started the interest in accounting and numbers. Although I was, I was really good at maths, I used to get uh, uh, many times, 100 and like, no, uh, great and all. So there was always a back of mind uh, interest to pursue science and no engineering, etc. and all. So it was both going along this additional subject added to some interest in uh, accounts and balance sheet and debit credit and all it was not so bad and uh, when we moved to say pu pre university and all a uh, lot of my uh, schoolmates etc they were like you not know, talking about doing an mba ca and all so uh, i just went along actually naturally the fact that i was doing uh, i had an exposure to accounting in class uh, earlier and then now uh, uh, i think a lot of my friends were doing etc and also and I was, I was not bad at you no know, uh, accounting numbers and all that. So it, I think I would say that there was a there was a attachment to numbers uh, right from day one, and then you no, know, it led to me getting into the world of finance and you no know, uh, crunching numbers and you no know, helping companies uh, like you no know, in whatever way they can. Very cool, very cool. So uh, early years uh, growing up, all in yes. Calcutta in West Bengal. 
and then um, uh, I think after CA, then you moved. Yes, to I finished uh, my CA from Calcutta, and then uh, uh, moved to actually Hyderabad for a couple of years. Was working in Satyam Computers, and then uh, from there on, moved to Jamshedpur. Very interesting. Work, working in Tata Steel for two and a half years. And uh, since then, I'm in Bangalore. I think from late 2004, I'm based based in Bangalore. Very cool. So Sat- Satyam again, uh, I think interesting name that uh, different people uh, remember for different reasons. Maybe uh, you know touch upon as your first job. How do you look back on the two years at Satyam? Yeah, and I know it's an interesting name, but uh, for me, uh, it was a great setup actually. Uh, I had a privilege to work with uh, senior people there right from day one. They were uh, doing uh, NYC listings, a little bit of work here and there on that direction. Uh, was working with the CFO to uh, manage some of the FP&A work, uh, some of the setting up of uh, review process, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I found, uh, I mean, later I worked in IT industry in a couple of companies, and I found Satyam that time to be, you know, ahead of his time in terms of its uh, automation, structuring, and the discipline. Uh, keeping aside the, what happened later, but at a, at a grassroots level, it was a very strong processes there. And um, I made a lot of good friends. Like uh, uh, I remember uh, we've got five folks, CA freshers join on same day and we decided to stay at same place. And it created a very, very long term, lifelong bonding between us. Uh, we are all across the place in globe now, but like, no, very, very attached. So and uh, they were more around. So I think I've got, I think, 10 to 15 great friends in Satyam and uh, good back, uh, uh, good foundation for me, at least. Uh, obviously, I didn't go through till 2009. And also, for me, it was a sweet memories of learning the you know, ABC of finance and uh, you know, growing from there. Very cool. Um, curious to understand, how does the move from Wipro to Yellow happen? Uh, so... Uh, as uh, I, my last role in Vipra was managing uh, um, healthcare and life science unit. It was uh, a large business and then uh, managing as the CFO. And uh, I was getting very good exposures in terms of large deals, managing some of the acquired companies and working with the BU head for growth, etc. And parallelly working how we can uh, automate Vipro's processes, etc. And all. So in that journey, I think uh, uh, given that India's uh, startup environment uh, and what is happening in captives and uh, no, a lot of uh, companies owned by private equity, people started approaching uh, for uh, for me to, uh, whether I wanted to do something different than what I was doing 15 years in Wipro while it was doing great. And I uh, appreciate and admire as a comp- Wipro as a company a lot. Uh, but yeah, some of them could, uh, could excite me in what else I can do in life. Can I create a different value? Some of them were like, no, you, have, you will have an opportunity to create a India-based product company. Some of them like, no, you can do so and so in cloud, etc. And also, uh, it was a matter of time before I got convinced, like I, I may be wanting to be part of a story where uh, we can create a large value. So this one excited me a lot. Uh, there were a lot of IT services companies based in India, uh, Wipro, Infosys, TCS, etc. Cognizant is a large base here, etc. And uh, not many product software companies. Uh, and uh, when I see Adobe and then Oracle and uh, Microsoft, etc., I said, used to think like, no, why not uh, those kind of companies in India? And uh, this opportunity came where like, no, uh, there is a start of a startup a bloom in India where a lot of entrepreneurs 
are wanting to create uh, star- SaaS startups in software area, etc. and all. And I say, why not? Let me uh, use my software services experience and uh, experience to build. Uh, I have I've seen Wipro growing from 800 million to a 10 billion dollar company. How do you uh, how do you st- create that company? Use my experience to help those entrepreneurs uh, create a large companies, uh, software product companies based out of India. And then that was a pretty an exciting story. So I like the story and uh, I now convinced uh, my uh, CFO Jatin uh, in Wipro to let me move on and start doing something else uh, while I was I, it was going great in Wipro and like now I had still a journey to play in Wipro. So uh, happy to be part of uh, Yellow here. Um, I uh, We are working very hard to create a product software company, conversational AI is a very hot uh, area. And then no, all enterprises are trying to automate their processes uh, to bring in more productivity and give better user experience, customer experience and all. And uh, no, this company can do a great in that direction. So I like the story and then decided to make a move. Awesome, awesome, pretty good. I guess for our, the benefit of our listeners, maybe if you can introduce Yellow in a 30 seconds, I think that would be great. Yeah, so uh, Yellow.ai, earlier it was called Yellow Messenger. It's a, it's a uh, B2B SaaS startup in a conversational AI area. We help uh, large, small and medium enterprises automate their various processes, be it uh, giving a customer experience, or an employee experience or any other stakeholder experience. And it is across multiple channels, be it voice, which is an IVR call, etc., SMS, WhatsApp, all kind of channels where enterprises interact with their stakeholders for uh, for customer support, for transaction processing, for queries, etc., and all, or for any other use cases. Uh, Yellow fits in to uh, give enterprises a solution which uh, helps enterprises uh, give a, a great experience to its stakeholders uh, by having an automation layer apart from a human layer. And uh, it, it's, it's a global company. We've got customers in uh, 25 plus countries, employees in 15 plus countries and uh, uh, are growing very fast. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, seems like uh, certainly a company ahead of its times in terms of all the AI hype that we see yeah. today. Uh, let's move on and maybe talk a little bit about the modern CFO. I think the role of CFO has evolved quite a lot over the last couple of decades and is continuously uh, going to shape up in a very different direction over the next couple. Uh, so just maybe uh, want to give your take on, in your view, who is a modern CFO and Perhaps, you know, how do you define your role in that context? Yeah, no, fully agree with you. Uh, I mean, uh, a CFO, if you go back, I mean, all along CFOs has been contributing a lot. But if you go back earlier, the emphasis was more on uh, know, taking care of your accounting, audits, your cash management, your various finance related processes, a little bit of risk management, etc., etc. But now uh, in this modern world where the risk framework has uh, uh, changed totally. Uh, the new business models have come up and industries are changing uh, fundamentally. The requirement for a CFO is a little different now. And uh, there is uh, a modern CFO is somebody who is able to walk the path along with other management team in an enterprise's uh, journey, be it part of a, a growth journey, uh, be it part of some kind of a, like you know, an IPO or say some kind of a buyout, etc. Right? 
um it can be like a large enterprise successful business model but like no a processes are not very strong and then no cfo can play a part not in finance but across in its automation journey uh, some enterprises are uh, exposed to uh, risks in a different way be it a fintech or a banking and all cfo can play a large role in managing the risks in a many in a different profound way right uh, than from a sideline so uh, it depends on the enterprise uh, i would talk like you no know, from the f- uh, framework of a startup uh, the l- role of a modern cfo is like you no know, they just can't be an accountant or like you no know, just taking care of the basic finance functions they are all over the place uh, most of them are managing various portfolios like legal procurement maybe operations or automation uh, some some somewhere cios are reporting to them so it's a mix of different kind of work they are able to do so a uh, lot of founders are based in uh, us europe etc to leverage the market uh, presence there and the cfos are able to fit in to their shoes in the home market like if they are based in india and all where the large headcount presence is there to uh, fill the gap of a leadership uh, presence not being physically there to take all day to day decisions or at least help take all day to day decisions and even uh, support chro to manage all the policies etc so it's like really really different uh, play at least in the startup market and obviously in uh, large enterprises also cfos are playing a totally different role certainly much closer to ceos in driving the businesses much closer to the business while managing the risk etc you have seen recently what is happening uh with silicon valley and all that uh, events and you know it was very profound way it is coming out that how you manage risk in terms of like you know here the risk came from where the money was invested and uh, whether there was a play of you know a cfo having a 10 year view of how the interest rate market can be and accordingly de-risk their balance sheet so uh, huge play for a modern cfo very interesting maybe can you contrast a little bit uh, given your experience in large enterprises uh, as well as sort of startups how the role may differ between the large enterprises as uh, versus a startup so uh, a big difference is uh, in a large enterprises and in a startup as compared to large enterprise the decision is very closer to you right in large enterprise there is a there is a framework there is a structure there is a chain of command etc and all that right so you will be able to influence a decision in a way uh, in certain areas in certain areas you are an observer maybe you can give your uh, uh, guidance but in in a smaller enterprise it's a it's a small core team where you've got your uh, founders who might be ceo cto cpo etc you've got you you are, you are just cfo managing certain functions you've got chro uh, maybe uh, cro for sales and no certain other functions chief of strategy etc so those four five people are taking every day decisions on how do you continue to grow the enterprise how to continue to bring in efficiencies improve cash flows and margins etc so uh, ability to make a difference is very high and very near to you as compared to a large enterprise where there is a lag between what you do and what you see as a result while uh, some of the large enterprises are very agile but uh, still uh, it takes time for you to make a difference in a medium term yes but uh, here if you are growing which like you no know, i i have a large experience in it services industry mostly they grow 
a good company growing at around 20 20 between 20 25% but i have seen growth anywhere between 5 to 15% etc whereas startups are growing like no 100 200 300% so it's like whatever you are doing you are trying to change tire of a fast moving car and you need that kind of agility and that kind of a uh, uh, thinking process to do that you can't stop the car and change the tire you'll have to just somehow make sure that the car keeps running and then you change the tire or whatever you have to do so uh, you should be able to manage dynamic environment more uh, better way i should be able to make quick decisions you should be able to do course corrections very fast etc etc interesting how do you see this role uh, evolving further into the next sort of 10 to 15 years do you see the current trend kind of that that you talked about it kind of that's that's where the cfo role is going to stay over the next decade or so or it, you you think that it's in a certain direction where it's going to evolve even further i think uh, uh, it will it will continue to evolve uh, so certainly right now cfos are a business partner cfos are people who are trying to drive our enterprise automation journey cfos are people who are trying to manage risks or for an enterprise end to end etc in, in a proactive way i think going forward uh given that uh, more and more automation is coming and uh, what an enterprise can give value to customer will be linked to how they are operating internally and uh, and cfo will play a bigger role in uh, in driving that journey how uh, an enterprise is able to respond faster to the market right so i feel that cfo will have a greater role in that area where they are able to make an enterprise more agile the the businesses are going to face a lot of uh, changing environment going forward and we are seeing it for last uh, no 5 to 10 years and uh, you cannot be a passive uh, no longer you can be a passive uh, viewer that is gone but here they will have to play a more and more active role in uh, in business is what i would say earlier they were passing passive now more and more they are actively involved and that activism will continue to increase and more closely working with the business so their involvement will increase i don't know whether the nature of work will change but uh, how much they are involved in business how much they are involved in uh, uh, custom facing environment etc that will continue to evolve and will be will play a bigger bigger role obviously there is a industry nuances what a cfo can do for an insurance company for a bank for a tech startup for a large services industry it's a different uh, uh, games they play but yeah fundamentally they will be an important stakeholder awesome makes makes a ton of sense at, at least you know as we think about it monocle cfo will i think continue to evolve into more like a chief future officer looking more ahead of the time and being more active as you said so makes it makes a ton of sense so yeah you know uh, covid-19 was something that uh, was a global event that literally impacted perhaps every single uh, you know living being on this earth a lot of roles have shaped up differently because of that so curious to understand has covid-19 had a certain impact on the role of the cfo or the finance departments and how they are designed and and is that sort of uh, continue to evolve in a certain direction going into the future yes certainly it was a black swan event and impacted every process and everybody every enterprise so yes cfo also had to realign and readjust the way finance department works and how it adds value to the business overall 
So uh, some of the things like, you no, know, when you are doing uh, your uh, quarterly or yearly audits done, we used to be physically present in office, the entire team for like you know, days and weeks and months. Now, I think, how do you do it when people are remote? And uh, we had to create innovative ways to manage it, conduct uh, audit uh, committee meetings or say board meetings, etc. Online, etc. Everything moved to online. People are working from tier three, tier four cities. Are they able to contribute in this environment? So readjustment required in everything. And I think uh, all the CFOs successfully could uh, rework their processes to make sure that you no, know, in the new hybrid or remote environment, functions work smoothly. And I was surprised to see how the world adjusted to it. And you no, know, nothing fell down. And it shows how enterprises are so strong. So very happy to see that you know, in this new world, as this continues, function is giving more productivity. Uh, obviously, there are so many SaaS tools available. So a lot of works which were done manually, getting automated, and uh, people are able to contribute more actually while they are working remotely. Uh, I'm not saying that you know, they are working more uh, hours, but uh, their ability to be on top of issues, etc., certainly has increased. Obviously, offline working has its own play. And uh, slowly, enterprises have brought everybody hybrid, but it is a new environment. I, I think the finance function has been able to evolve itself to contribute. To the second point, how they are able to contribute to the business. I think uh, every uh, enterprise, the way they contribute to their customers, their pitch has changed, right? A little bit. And uh, how do you, how do a CFO right now, CFO a team uh, helps the businesses as a little bit of a change? A lot of emphasis on uh, ROI and a lot of emphasis on uh, how you increase your customers' revenue, etc. and all. So I see that a lot of them are working very closely with their CROs, etc. to help them create those pitches and sometimes even uh, uh, going in front of customers because what you're doing internally, a lot of uh, productivity increase uh, steps, you can sell it to your customers also and you demonstrate it to them. And uh, at least for Yellow's perspective, what we do internally to increase our productivity, automations, etc. All of that we can go and sell to our customers. And if I am using in finance some automation tools, I should be able to go and sell the same to uh, customer CFOs, uh, be it in a collection automation, be it uh, a bank reconciliation automation, etc., etc. Be it how do you increase productivity of your cloud infra spend, right? All of it has a play in it. And what, what you are able to do uh, in a good, profound way, you should be able to go and sell to your customers. So it has taken a lot of initiatives. And you know, it's a new environment post-COVID. And you know, I, I'm sure all the CFOs have been able to adjust to it and, you know, and are looking forward to play a greater role in uh, business growth. Makes, makes a ton of sense. I think I will certainly touch upon the automation side of uh, finance department. Seems like it's a golden era for... Uh, this particular sort of horizontal play. But continuing sort of this uh, this theme a little bit, uh, I think we have seen COVID-19, a certain kind of, uh, you know, interest rate environments, a certain kind of, you know, flooding of money, at least in the startup ecosystem. And then what has happened recently over the last 12 months, uh, it's seen a complete reversal of that. Interest rates have been rising, inflation have been increasing quite a lot. And, uh, you know, thereby uh, also the, the funding has sort of dried up. And it seems like VCs have been quite selective in terms of putting, uh, you know, money into specific companies. I'm sure, you know, you have seen sort of uh, your fair share of uh, challenges in terms of 
going through, you know, cash conservation and making sure you have enough of a runway to continue to keep up the growth uh, or high growth uh, that Yellow has experienced. Uh, so maybe can you talk a little bit about, you know, your personal experiences around this funding winter and how, how you guys have managed your cash in these times? No, for sure. I think interesting times. Uh, we have seen uh, the bull run of uh, funding in uh, starting from mid-2020 and then no uh, COVID uh, fueled it because people were looking at more tech way to do things and then the money flowed into technology. And uh, there was a peak time in 2021. So I think we also did a fundraise extra in particular time and also uh, so is all uh, startups. And then we are seeing for last six to nine months uh, a journey where like, no, uh, because of the macroeconomic environment, uh, huge inflation, and then to uh, respond to that, all the reserve banks are increasing uh, interest rates. And hence there is a drop in uh, tech multiples and uh, demand environment. Certainly. So yes, there is a funding winter. Not the kind of uh, fundraise happened in 21 is not happening, did not happen in 22 and is not happening in 23. So there's some time before like, no, things settle down and it comes back. It has impacted all startups. One good thing is like everybody did a good rounds of funding in 21. So they had uh, mm -hmm. some runway. It depends on what kind of a stage companies in terms of their growth journey and what kind of a burn they have. So we also had to evaluate our uh, standing and we did that. And uh, two ways we are trying to react to it. One is how do we treat this as an opportunity, right? So we are an automation company. We are trying to help our enterprise customers improve their automation journeys. How do they, what kind of a customer experience they give, what kind of a productivity improvement experiences they give to their customers. And uh, we play a role where we can, we can try to increase our customers' revenues, right? So we are trying to pitch our service offerings in a way that, no, we can we can help our bank and insurance and e-commerce companies increase their revenue how do you how do, if they are pitching to customers if there is a campaign happening how do you increase the efficiency of that campaign so that they, you are getting more sale and uh, that is one way to do it second way is in certain ways we try to reduce the cost of our enterprise customers maybe by reducing the number of uh, calls going to a call center agent can you automate it right and that's a cost play. And uh, we as a CFO community is trying to help create those pitches and help sales guys do that. So that is one way. Take care of, take advantage of this opportunity. Second way, how do you manage your balance sheet, your cash, etc. and all that. So certainly there was a, there was a X cash in the balance sheet and you are spending Y per quarter. And it's the simple math, how much the cash will last, right? And uh, we all embarked on the journey to make it more efficient. So a lot of ways we have transformed the way our enterprise is working. Uh, it requires some some team restructuring. If uh, 15 people are doing a work, can a five people ca can do the same work, etc. kind of a thing by automating it, by changing the way we contract, by changing the way we uh, offer certain things to customers, right? So that is one way to restructure your cost and reduce your burn. And uh, second, how do you make more cash available? So sure. we also did uh, some capital planning restructuring, raised some venture debts to make sure that company has a long runway. And uh, yeah, obviously the investors, the market is expecting very, very 
highly productive uh, engine right all cost all functions need to be much more productive than what is happening in 20 and 2021 and the same way we are doing it trying to make everything more productive for a typical saas company uh, the times has changed now they have to f- worry about how much cash flow the operation is generating how uh, you you are moving towards maybe a break even or positive ebitda etc everybody is working on that direction and similar way we have created certain actions to make sure that you no know, we also move in that in that journey so certainly yes a you are trying to change your pitch to be more productive and take advantage of it second you increase your runway by reducing your burn reducing your cash increasing your cash flow and c make more capital available to the business for growth by like you no know, uh, more efficient capital planning more efficient cash flow management etc etc so yeah interesting times and Uh, i would say we have been able to take lot of positive actions in that direction and feel very confident that uh, yellow and across the industry uh, all the startups will be able to come out very strongly uh, from this phase makes it understands it seems like it's uh, you know a flight back to fundamentals in some ways um, yes so so i'm curious to uh, understand as you as you thought about restructuring of teams um, as you thought about maybe changing few processes as companies continue to scale there is always that tension between agility versus processes right even one step addition of a process maybe an approval may, may just challenge the inertia that people have been working with was that something that you guys felt internally and how did you guys communicate and dealt with it so it's always a balance while enterprise grows it has to put across its processes it's like you no know, approval matrix etc 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 right so that the fun- all functions work together and each transactions is taken care in a not in a unique way but in a standard way right and then certainly the customer facing team team on the field are wanting to be very fast reaction from the back end they want to be very agile etc and which is rightly so yeah. right our customers uh, need lightning response and then no we should be able to do that so that that's a delicate balance and uh, i think the cfo plays a very big role in doing it and automation play a big role in it if uh, if the processes are manual then it'll take more time how can you make it more automated so that is like you no know, uh, for example a simple pricing creation to order cycle right how do you automate the whole process and there are tools available in the market obviously certain tools are costly certain tools are cheap etc you create a balance so i think uh, based on our experiences we are trying to create those balances between speed and uh, process adherence between cost and output etc and all that and uh, now we do it on daily basis and take those decisions uh, but the focus is always how do you help companies growth i think that's the most profound uh, you know areas well which we keep in mind while doing anything by taking any decision that how do you improve companies growth certainly the second most important factor now is you have to do it in a most cash efficient way and in a way where uh, you improve companies margins be it a gross margin ebitda uh, free cash flow etc and all that and uh, a finance play a big role in it in terms of like you no know, keeping uh, keeping the whole chain together making data available at right time so that decisions can be taken in a, in a, in a profound way and uh, making sure that every transaction is done in an efficient way makes sense uh, you you spoke a minute back about kind of how cfos are now helping cro's you know or sales teams 
in terms of aiding in their pitches on productivity or what value or ROI can the customers generate with your products? Is it safe to assume that sort of sales team is your favorite team to work with or is it, is it someone else? As an example, for me, as much as I work with sales and marketing, I had a lot of fun working with my uh, CHRO. So just curious to, to know for you, what is the favorite department that you really like working with at Yellow? So I will not uh, respond specifically for Yellow. I would like, no, uh, going back to my sure. 21 year experience about working across four or five organizations. And uh, yes, I would uh, say that uh, CHRO has been, a, always has been a great partner. And uh, along with that, the business unit head or the CEO, etc. I think at least I would say seven, eight roles, which I have done. I'm not just keeping aside the initial few roles where I played a part either as a division CFO or a company CFO. I think more, most closely I've worked with CEO, CHRO, then comes uh, certainly there's always a hot and cold relationship between CFO and CRO in terms of uh, <laughs> whether you should go with certain discount or not, whether a large deal yeah. can be up at a lower margin or uh, uh, can we lower our bar for certain compliances in terms of etc. Sure. So, it's a, it's a, it's a interesting relationship. I always enjoyed working with them, and I uh, know always try to. Uh, I'm a more a business oriented uh, guy, so always thinking in innovative ways to make sure that we don't lose any particular deal or any business opportunity, or an opportunity to uh, improve in a geo etc. and all that. So I like to work with uh, sales a lot. Uh, but yeah, uh, in terms of uh, partnerships, always enjoyed working with CEOs, uh, CHROs. Um, now in a in a startup world, you've got a CTO, CPO, etc. Which like no, you are not closely working in a large enterprise, at least in my roles. But now yeah. all the CTO team actually, uh, even marketing also. There's a huge uh, in my currently yellow role working with the CMO, CTO, CPO who are the founders. CEO is the founder, CHRO. It's a it's a very close uh, knit team, and uh, no, we support each other. And every decision is being taken uh, together. We try to not delay any decision. It's very quick. So it's it's a great working here, actually. And uh, enjoying uh, this uh, thing, uh, working in a startup, working with this kind of uh, no, teams. I think, yeah, you touched upon a very great point. Uh, the the CEO-CFO relationship is perhaps the most interesting or most sort of, uh, you know, core relationship in any company. Curious to know, do you do anything specific to strengthen that relationship on an ongoing basis? You know, it's kind of every relationship needs some fueling on, on a regular basis. So, so just curious uh, if you have certain tips on that front. Not any specific thing, but I I try to keep challenging now certain outputs and I keep getting this feedback even in my earlier roles also that no, there is an interesting CFO and then no, he keeps us honest. This is a comment, not honest in terms of... Uh, Dishonesty and all that. Honest means honest towards numbers. I don't uh, mince yeah. any word or hide any, uh, no, any bad metrics. And uh, before highlighting any good part, I tend to first highlight where things are wrong, where we need to improve, etc. So sometimes uh, some part of the team may see this as a negative way of working. But I keep this feedback a lot that no, you uh, you keep us honest towards numbers. So my endeavor always have been that no, you are reporting data in such a way that no, you are always highlighting risk ahead in advance. You are always highlighting uh, weaknesses 
in uh, wherever uh, there is a weakness in business in terms of numbers, you highlight it at right time so that actions can be taken at right time. And I believe that's a very uh, key role a CFO plays by keeping business honest to numbers, honest to the state of where the business is. And if there are any risks which business is facing, highlight it at right time. So I try to do that. And I think that works well always because there are always uh, typically other functions they would, I'm not saying as a, it's happening everywhere, but sometimes people would want to highlight achievements and little bit not more talk about certain things which are an issues, right? And a CFO plays a role in highlighting issues which needs to be taken care of, doing more dirty work than any other CXO in terms of obviously working with the head of HR and making sure that the house is clean and no business can just focus on business growth while uh, you make sure that like, no, uh, the back end is strong, be it uh, your balance sheet strength, be it your processes, be it your compliances, risk management, uh, automation, very important, all of these things. Makes sense. I think talking about risk management, uh, what has happened over the last 10 odd days, uh, you know, at Silicon Valley Bank has uh, really, uh, I'm sure, made every CFO rethink about their cash management, about their cash investment strategies and so on. Curious to know, did you have any exposure to SVB and how did you, if if you did, how did you manage that over the last 10 days? I'm sure it has been uh, uh, some sleepless nights for you as well as trying to navigate that part. We did not have exposure to Silicon Valley Bank, but we were aware that it is not about just one bank if uh, there's a run on one regional bank they can be a run on other regional bank also so we did have an exposure of uh, other uh, first of all we had already diversified our portfolio we had a relationship with a large bank and a regional bank uh, thankfully so but we still had funds with a regional bank and then no we reached out to them and uh, spoke to them and then uh, we got a very good response so and we are able to diversify our cash management and spread it across and also move uh, certain funds to more secure uh, government securities, etc. and all. But yes, time has changed. Certainly, you cannot keep all your eggs in one basket. That strategy you'll have to work on. Uh, you'll have to spread your cash management policy so that your risks are spread and you are not exposed to sure. failure of one bank or uh, a certain kind of banks. That is one. Second is uh, in terms of equity and debt that balance what you need to create. You have to make sure that even uh, if you're an exposure for debt from one bank, there's time to rethink, I think, because the kind of uh, fundamental changes happening in the banking industry, you cannot be a passive uh, observer uh, and you have to play an active role. So I think uh, we we are recently reached out to our board. We had uh, changed our cash management policy. We already had diversified relationship with banks. And uh, we would make sure that uh, it is sp- the risk is spread and uh, uh, we are able to make cash available to business whenever they need and we'll have to run the operations accordingly. So, yeah, it's it's a different, uh, different environment now and we were not negatively impacted, but uh, we are conscious about it. And make sure that in case any any new event happen in the uh, in future, we are ready for that. Awesome. That's great. It seems like, you know, it's no joke that the role of CFO is quite demanding and perhaps quite draining on a day-to-day basis as well. I always, you know, thought of it as a clockwork. You know, you start of the month, you do something, middle of the month, you do something, end of the month, you do something. And those are the things that you have to do no matter what, right? So just curious, uh, you know, what motivates you to continue going? 
I think two things. One is uh, now that uh, I'm talking about uh, a startup world, as I started with, I have came in a mission to create uh, something new, to create a enterprise SaaS, India-based product company, which is global, which grows to a scale, uh, which is material, right? So the journey towards that particular goal to create a large value towards that direction, it motivates me a lot. Every step which we are taking, every customer we are winning, every customer appreciation we get, right? It's a new thing because you have created this. This company is a category creation, category creator, right? Not many large companies are there. And uh, so one is you to you are moving towards your goal of creating that value keeps me motivated. That is one. Uh, second is uh, you are we have a team, right? You have got a, a certain number of people in finance and other functions and sales and entire company, right? And uh, everybody is highly motivated to work towards that goal. So engaging them, making everybody a success is also a great sense of achievement. So I really feel great by getting into a, now that uh, it's a hybrid work environment, either I'm in a meeting or in a Zoom call to have a discussion on certain issues. And we all arrive at a conclusion, you find a solution and then you go and go and implement it and do it on daily basis, couple of issues every day, every week, maybe four or five issues and every month, 10 issues, etc. So it's like uh, the whole chain is moving towards one direction. So that whole growth story, ability to achieve, ability to make other people success, etc. Like, no, keeps me motivated. Very cool. Jay, you, you come ac across as a very calm person. I'm sure, you know, over the long tenure, there has been multiple situations like, you know, shit hit the fan kind of situations. Intrigued to understand, how do you keep your calm, especially in those situations? So two things are there. One is I feel um, it you are made like that. It's a DNA. You you can change a little bit, but you are born. Either you are a hyper, a person who hyperventilates when issue happens, or you are a calm person. You are born with those things. You can acquire it a little bit, but you can't, uh, you know, hundred percent change it. So I think I've been fortunate to be born with these qualities where, like, no, uh, I tend to not lose my cool a lot. I do, like, no, nobody's, uh, no, uh, that way. <laughs> Uh, but uh, less number of times and you know uh, the panic button is like you no know, really little, little far away from you no know, my hands so I don't press it very often so one is that you are made like that and second is uh, based on my experience in the industry like a long term working in a, a company called Wipro for 15 years we have seen that if you are work, working in right direction, uh, things move positively. We have seen so many crises. We saw 2000, I mean, we saw 2008. We have seen and who would have thought that COVID will come and go and world will you know, change the way they work. But we all have figured it out, right? So the kind of sense of uh, being uh, working in right direction will lead you to uh, success is there in my mind. And whenever any crisis happens, even in last week itself, when uh, although we didn't have an exposure to Silicon Valley Bank, but calls came, then no other banks will fall. What do we do, etc. And all that. So, like, no, you set up calls uh, with the bank internally. You, you know, give send reassurance messages to the stakeholders, etc. And all. If you are doing one step at a time in a right direction, I think it works out. So obviously, sometimes you have to push the panic button. 
mm-hmm. and i do whenever there is a need but yeah i mean try to try to manage it in a way where like no it's not a it's not bad interesting very cool so jay we have uh, talked about the impact of technology automation in finance departments and it seems like it's an intriguing time in terms of how many newer companies are coming in and trying to enhance the processes bring in more productivity efficiency and so on curious to know sort of from your perspective if you have already embarked on that journey of uh, financial automation as you have mentioned post covid you know anything specific that you have done over the past couple of years and anything that you intend to do over the next couple of years in terms of really shaping up the tech stack for finance departments yeah no for sure uh, even not even in finance like no uh, since i've joined we have been working to automate the entire order to cash procure to pay hire to retire record to report journeys implemented many tools right now we are in the process of moving erp like you no know, pickbook is moving out of india so we are moving from pickbook to oracle netsuite we and some of them we fail also like you no know, we were trying to implement a billing tool last year didn't work out we scrapped it after going through that it's not going to work and we moved to a different billing tool and we are in the middle of implementation so that we can automate our billing and billing related or uh, no, uh, no reporting environment so it's a very important journey and uh, no i would suggest that uh, all cfos etc uh, you la- at least in startups you will have to you will have to drive it uh, very strongly it should be part of part of your kra etc and all that because uh, once you are able to automate the entire processes etc you have become more agile as we spoke earlier in the question we our responses are faster and uh, you are able to provide data in a way where it is timely and it is useful to the management for a quick decision and correct decision making right so for example if uh, for a saas company uh, there are so many metrics we follow at uh, company level geo level customer level and unit level right we it like no crr arr growth uh, no net retention ratio gross margin and uh, no cac cac payback cac payback etc and all that right are you able to provide those matrices uh, at a, at a base unit level and at earliest time possible so that you are able to drive efficiency and focus right and it have it it applies to any industry like when i was in it services industry earlier uh, are you able to provide profitability metrics or like no uh, are you on a project basis maybe like no second or third uh, day after the month closer are you able to do that that will make a big difference uh, if you are doing it let's say one month later or two month later it doesn't help because it becomes like you no know, past data so are you able sure. to provide sure. real time data you are able to provide more analytics in a, in a timely way is very very critical and i want to believe that cfo should be working towards bringing most of the data online when i mean online yes uh, typically online in terms of uh, having a dashboard online in terms of timing where like you no know, there's not a much lag between an event happened and when it is reported so can you close your books and mis as fast as possible maybe on first day after the month is over or quarter is over obviously enterprises are not there all the enterprises in journey but you have to drive walk that path of bringing that in and uh, uh, we are driving towards uh, making sure that we are able to do even although we are a private company can we are we able to close our books on the first or second of the day of the after the month is over or quarter is over and are able to provide all relevant data to management for the decision making so yes we are working on that path we have done a lot but yeah a lot needs to be done and the entire team is very focused towards no moving on that journey 
Jay, this is an intriguing conversation. I think we can continue to talk about these things for the next 10 hours. Uh, but, uh, you know, due to the uh, time constraints, we have to now move to a lightning round. It should be fun. Uh, so I'm going to ask you simple questions. And uh, basically, I need immediate responses from you. Are you all set? Yes. All right. So let's start, uh, start with something simpler. Sweet or savory? Sweet. <laughs> Books or podcasts? Books. Thinker or doer? Doer. Uh, movies or web series? Web series. LinkedIn or Twitter? LinkedIn. Scotch or whiskey? Scotch. Money or happiness? Certainly happiness. <laughs> uh, introvert or extrovert? Introvert. If it, it has to define myself. Yeah. All right. Uh, mountains or beaches? Beaches. Uh, growth or profitability? Ah, that's an interesting question. I would say both. <laughs> With profitability. <laughs> Diplomatic answer. I guess I'm going to, I'm going to get that, I guess, every single time now. <laughs> uh, cricket or soccer? I used to love cricket earlier, but now I'm a soccer man. All right. What is your one hidden talent? I can run. I mean, I can run a marathon. I know it. I just have to bring have that to out. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Ideal place to retire. I guess on a beach. Number one thing on your bucket list right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, taking my kids to all kind of places, be it uh, mountains, uh, Himalayas, and then no, uh, like roam the world with them, with with my with with my family. Two boys are there; they are eight and twelve, and then no right time for them to explore world, etc. So. I think and I'm sure uh, supremely active, supremely active as well as boys have a lot of energy take care of, take part in adventure and all that. So we love to travel and then would like just every month, if given an opportunity to go somewhere <laughs> other with them, with my wife and like, you know, maybe sometime with friends and family, but yeah, explore the world. Very cool. Who is your role model, maybe personally or professionally? I think a uh, role model uh, would not use the word, but I, I admire a few people like, no, uh, I used to work in Wipro. So I admire Ajim Premji a lot. The kind of value he has created and the kind of uh, value created in terms of creating Wipro, but also in society, what he's trying to do. I think it is something which like, no, uh, one in billion kind of a person. So like, no, I admire him a lot in that direction. Obviously, he's, he's, yeah, cool. he's trying a lot. Certainly. Uh, I guess last one on the lightning side. Uh, one thing that can make you 10 times more productive could be anything. If I'm able to discipline myself, uh, like anybody, I also want to do 10 things, but I do only five. So if I'm able to uh, do what I ask myself to do on a, like when I get up or when I start my week or a month. So I think more discipline in mind will make me more productive. Uh, and it applies to anything like, you no know, things you don't want to eat, number of times you want to go for a gym or a run. I mean... Uh, <laughs> And number of that kind of time you want to spend with your family. I think uh, everything can be optimized. And I think uh, I would want a little bit of a more mental discipline from myself. And I think I'll be more productive. I have to listen to myself first. Makes uh, makes a lot of sense. That's, I, think, I think you did pretty well, Jay, uh, on the lighting side. Just uh, a couple more questions to sort of wrap up our conversation here. Curious to understand where uh, are you focusing your energies in this year, 2023? If there are sort of uh, some top three priorities for, you know, yellow at large or you as a CFO, 
yeah so the first is like you no know, uh, in res- in response to this changing environment we are trying to pivot the company into become a sought after partner in uh, for conversational ai for enterprise automation etc and all that right so would 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 love to contribute a lot in that direction working with the business team and no even i would expect my core finance team also to do that how we can help the business do their job better how we can help business to keep our customers happier and they give more business to us so business growth that is first second is we are walking a journey to improve our profitability we are we to to make our balance sheet more stronger by going towards a positive ebitda better matrices etc and all that so that that is just keep focused on that and continue to execute execution is the key and third is uh, we are working on an automation journey to improve our processes to automate lot of systems as i said i have told you that i would love, love to close my books on first and give the mis on first but we are not doing that so just make sure that you no know, we execute those and then you no know, are able to uh, provide real time data close our books earlier just automate what can be automated and make sure that everybody is just working on a value added task something which is going towards customer making our customers winners and just be- everybody becomes very very highly customer centric uh and whatever finance team can help in that direction we finance legal and other functions like no we would want to do that very cool so i i'm sure you know uh, as companies tend to scale uh there is uh, certainly need for more hands to take care of the you know certain things and uh, even if you're automating things uh, at times you can't really replace a human so curious if you are hiring for certain roles right now and uh, what are maybe some of the qualities that you look for when you hire individuals in your teams yeah no so uh, right now as at large at a company we are hire- not hiring uh, a lot obviously there are replacements etc few key strategic hires etc continues to happen so very few uh, open positions in finance like you no know, uh, in fpna and in you no know, account you know, ar etc kind of an area where uh, fpna to improve our uh, how we can how faster we can make uh, mis available to management and in a more uh, uh, structured way in a more detailed way uh, in a way where like you no know, they are able to you no know, take actions so that is one and second uh, uh, highly focused on improving the cash flows etc so and uh, go towards uh, you no know, less than 30 days dso and in that direction like no some headcount to like no work with customers on how we can improve our cash efficiency so the kind of qualities we need when we hire i think one is like no we need a people with right attitude like uh, we are we are ready to work with them to improve anybody's skill gap right first of all basic skills could be there but like no i don't expect everybody to be superman we understand that no if you a team of 50 people i don't think you can hire 50 supermans you will have maybe 5 to 10 highly productive highly super intelligent people and then there'll be around 40 people who who are good who need some help in improving their skills their communication skill their ability to execute etc and all that so i believe it's a pyramid of uh, no uh, no excellence and uh, always continue to work on improving the uh, no skills of the next level but your attitude should be right you should be hard working person you should be able to collaborate collaboration is a key skill i i seek in people are you able to work with others 
like if two people are aligned they are able to do five people's work i believe if they are not aligned i think they will be they both put together will not even do half people's work so and create more you, for others i guess yeah so <laughs> are you collaborative are you having right attitude are you able to see the big picture uh, etc those kind of uh, no skills i certainly need obviously if you are hiring for certain specific function you need to have relevant experience relevant skills so that goes without saying but more than that uh, look for uh, right attitude and uh, no ability to collaborate and being a, team, being a team worker and also inquisitiveness are you trying to create something new and like you no know, not uh, wanting to just uh, being satisfied with like you no know, what is there today in hand you should be seeking more uh, in terms of like trying to do things in a more better way uh, trying to find uh, different ways to solve same problem and asking questions always so that kind of inquisitiveness and energy so those are the few key skills i look for makes a lot of sense quite interesting i guess uh, the penultimate question and and maybe few of the uh, characteristics we might have already covered on this one but what advice would you have for emerging professionals in finance who aspire to be cfos or you know head of departments yeah so i would say three four things one is like you no know, work on your energy level you should not sign up for something which you achieve very easily and then you no know, you feel happy about it you should be having very you no know, stretched goals for yourself and uh, continue to look for growth it should come more frequently i'm not saying growth in terms of promotion but what value add you are able to you know uh, give to the organization obviously you can ask the return back in terms of what organization can do for you but the first comes what are you doing for the organization so put a stretch goals for yourself work on your energy i would say be very collaborative work with uh, other functions and businesses very closely you should not uh, close yourself in a, just a loop of like just finance team or your team etc you should be you should be collaborating you should be networking etc so that's a very key now world is all connected so you should be connected with the entire organization you should always align to the company's goal and see what you can do for it right be it uh, even if you are a junior person if you are not able to relate to a company like you no know, what it is trying to do what problem this startup is trying to solve and you are not able to think in that direction i think it won't work out in long run so you should be able to see understand what this startup is trying to solve the problem for are you able to think in that direction how you can help the company in that direction etc so look for a big picture and how you can play a role in it so once you are guided towards this directions i think it will be very helpful uh, last but not the least uh, in your core areas i think uh, you should look for improvement every week every month every year like you no know, what how if you did a certain task in a certain way 3 months back should not be doing in same way there has to be some improvement some automation some new way to doing it etc etc so always continue to improve and go to the next step uh in terms of uh, better output better process a better experience etc and all that so one step at a time every day you make a difference and then no you just uh, you can break a mountain with small steps so small steps of efficiency small steps towards you no know, better experience better output better way to work i think you will be able to uh, transform the organization awesome i guess the the last one describe yourself in three words i would describe myself as a hard working b 
who loves to who loves to continue to create uh, no beehives which creates lot of no value add to the whole bee community and the society so would love to continue to create something like that all right we'll take that uh, jade this has been a great show thanks for taking the time thank you rohit that brings us to the end of this episode we hope you will find at least one nugget that is beneficial to you as always thanks for listening to strategy of finance podcast if you enjoy our show please rate and review us on apple podcasts your comments will make us better and be sure to tune in next week for another engaging conversation until then this is rohit agarwal and remember to learn grow and inspire